0: Offer valid on select AK systems. sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. The Around the NFL Podcast. Knock on wood if you're with me.
2: We're with you from the Chris Westling Podcast Studio. The whole gang is back together. It's Around the NFL. I'm Dan Hansis, joined in person. By Greg Rosenthal and Mark Sessler. Here we go, boys. What up, b? All right, Mark. You seem fired up today.
3: <laughs> oh yeah.
2: I'm guessing it's because training camp is truly here for the league of 32.
3: You're o- overrating my interest in 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 the whole thing too.
2: Well, you know, don't you worry that your bosses could be listening?
3: I feel power. Wow. Hmm. I'll just say this. Yes. <laughs> I'm annoyed with Greg. Oh,
2: Greg! I don't know. You answer that.
4: Why? Why did I get a stray here? We've had a month apart, and
2: uh, you're bringing up me. I need. You know what's good? Been we're very supportive. We're all back together, and I just. You know, graver's behind the glass. We had to make sure all the equipment was working. And Mark, I'm sorry if. Uh, no,
3: annoyed. do. You, would you like the non-CGI version of myself? No. To, to... I'm not annoyed at Greg at the moment. <laughs> no, I. I
4: think. Um, I think it's good. We're all back Give it together two shows. in person, <laughs> and the. The AI version of Mark might have to be filling Mark's uh, chair sooner than later, and we need to make sure it's working.
2: That's true. You know what this is about, Mark. It's just being ready. We don't right. want to be caught with our pants down, to use an expression.
3: <laughs> I, listen, I, I support the research and the effort. Like I, from this, from my vantage point. Did you cut that graver? That was good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got that one.
2: Well, we're back. We're back. I am back from. I got off the plane. Uh, from JFK yesterday afternoon. So my East Coast sojourn is over. Greg, you're back from Japan, but not wearing Japanese footwear anymore. So I'm connecting some dots there. Mark, you've been here, I think, the whole time pretty yes, much. Yes,
3: I've been holding down Just uh, various forts. <laughs>
2: various forts been <laughs> held down. And now with training camp is really now kicking off. We said it last week that... Some teams reporting, but it was rookies. And But now this is it, Greg. This is where it's all uh, – this is the week where it all feels like it's beginning. Well,
4: for the first of uh, – actually, it's not the first. But uh, for the next time, it's uh, football is back. You know, that this is a big football is back week, I mm-hmm. feel like. Inside training camp started on Monday on NFL Network. That's where all the reporters go around. They have something called Back Together Saturday which is kind of when a lot of the teams get into pads and they're, like, really blowing it out. They're using 50 different NFL media personalities. Oh, what time are uh, we? What's our call time? I, ha- I haven't heard anything about Oh, really? I haven't, really? haven't he- heard anything about it. There but are yeah,
3: 53 media, <laughs> but, are NFL media but, but personalities. But all 32 teams
4: will uh, – many of them reported on Monday. The rest will be reporting Tuesday, I think, is the last day people will be – they'll right. all be there out by Wednesday at the very latest. This is it. This is our – It feels like training camp together,
2: 10th training camp, 10th season of around the NFL. You know, I do like because um, we are veterans of the company. I like to help out and I haven't done it in a while. I had some slogans for training camp. Okay. and I always again, this is a workshop space and I'm going to workshop these. Um, Let's let's start um, NFL training camp. It all starts here. I feel like they're going to actually use that one. I like to u- give one that they'll actually use, so I'm just warming up, though. That Very feels
4: generic. like that's their yeah. flavor. I feel like they've probably used that at some point <laughs> for
2: uh, something. All right, how about this one? NFL training camp. Lock them up. 75% of you fans are just wasting your time. It's just reality that the it's, season it's, will end poorly for very many, accurate. many teams. Well, it's yeah. very accurate. I
4: disagree. I think the journey is is what you really have to value, not just the outcome. Or else you're just going to be a disappointed, depressed yeah, but to uh, Dan's individual. Point,
3: some teams open one and six, and then then they digress from the there. same. So some
2: nine and eights are worth the journey, you know. Okay, how about this NFL training camp? Up. Don't haze me, bro. <laughs> uh, also realistic. And all you know, remember, don't tase me, bro.
4: Also, like hazing was more of a, I feel like, storyline about 15 years ago in the NFL in terms of training camp. They really feel like they've they've gotten rid of the hazing. I don't think they really haze anymore. As far as we know.
2: Right. Well don't it's, ask It's pretty don't,
4: don't even try to haze cave on Thibodeau, I'll tell you that. It's pretty mild. It's pretty mild. It's like, uh, hey, can you send uh, can you sing your fight song?
2: Okay, I hear where you're going. I we know. gotta go we gotta spin forward the younger generation. Last one, NFL training camp. Lock up. The perfect setting to record your TikTok videos. Kids. <laughs>
4: that's it right
3: there. Kids. Yeah. I think that's Gen I think you found it.
2: Nailed it. You found it. All right. Coming up a little bit, in a little bit, we'll have uh, a very special guest on the Dallas Cowboys, Jane Slater. But first, we need to get caught up. This is a good show, um, Mm. boys, To I think to help, again, the fan who spent the summer uh, enjoying themselves, maybe a little unplugged on some level, um, kind of talking about myself right here, but also the listeners – as well, what do you need to know? Mm. What do they, you people? What do you need to know as training camps? Like, what jumps out to you as something that is actually important or noteworthy, based on what we've learned over the last, you know, several several days? Like, basically since our last show.
4: Oh, not very little, I would say, has come up since our last show. Uh, but I, because they're just like showing up, right? <laughs> All but right, so since that's not how
3: we pitched it on text. I I'm thinking of it more like,
4: okay, we're starting training camp. Like, what what are the things that we're actually watching that could be meaningful? in the next few weeks because i like i usually it. feel like the first few weeks of training camp have more news in it and more meaningful like takeaways than the than the previous 4 or 5 months combined one of the teams i'm watching like closely just as a team would be the 49ers uh and it's not just because of Trey Lance although he's one of the guys i want to see in the preseason the most it's the team i think that's like a Super Bowl contender that still has the most open-ended questions that I think will start getting answered in the next couple of weeks. Debo Samuel, we don't know what he's going to do, but I also have no clue who their third receiver is. It is a very thin uh, receiver group. Maybe it's Juwan Jennings. Maybe they get, I don't know, Danny Gray, their rookie. Like, maybe they get into the free agent market. I'm not really sure if Elijah Mitchell is going to be their starting running back. I don't know what they're doing in the secondary. They have a great defensive line. It looks like it's eight or nine deep where like a, a name that other teams would actually want might not even make the team, but I have no idea who's really starting opposite Nick Bosa as their end. So they're one of the teams I, I feel like there's a lot going on each and every day highlighted by Lance. And I feel like going into it, what we've learned uh, more lately is that this this Jimmy G battle is not going to happen. It's just going to be all about Trey Lance's development and watching that.
3: And I think the landscape for a Jimmy G trade, which is, you know, really minuscule right now, will it change because something happens to another team? Where it's like I mean, you hear about like the Seahawks. Are the Seahawks who have like sixteen million dollars in cap space? going to actually trade and take on Jimmy G's salary? And if not, are the Niners going to cut them a deal and take on half of Jimmy G's salary to allow a division rival to improve their quarterback situation? I don't really view them as a, as a realistic landing spot. I think something needs to happen somewhere else. And then the Debo chip happens. I think they've already basically told Debo Samuel, you're getting a deal. Come hang out. Come be part of have a little hold in action. We're Come probably, chill. we're
4: gonna right. probably spend too much time talking about the handful of holdens around the league. We don't know for sure. Debo's got to do that. DK Metcalf, who has the same age, might might do the same. Yeah,
2: it's yeah the Jimmy G thing. This is a guy that was a you know Super Bowl quarterback. Does he get traded into a straight backup situation, or does he end up somewhere? Where he has a the chance. The real
4: battles. You know, I used to do like the top 50 right. training camp battles. And of all the good teams, I feel like they have the most. Their offensive line is very questionable to me, maybe a couple spots. So if you really want to dork out, I feel like like Mac Barrow is on The Athletic with his daily updates. I'm going to be dorking out on some 49ers. Dorking
3: out is, a, is sort of a gross statement from yeah. uh, the 80s. I, I don't I've I actually never it. heard. I've heard
2: geeking out never yeah. heard dorking out. Yeah, I don't know. If it may
3: be it. a – like, where, Greg, is it a Massachusetts term? I've heard it, like, in I get that a region. drink from the bubbler and dork out. <laughs> yeah, well,
2: I'm um, not sure
3: that's the activity that goes with it. But.
2: They should just trade him to the Panthers. I think the Panthers should just keep on collecting <laughs> cast-offs, cast-offs and see what happens there. Um, all right. Uh, you throw one out there, Mark.
3: Well, so I. what I do love about this time is because we are so um, – weather-worn with so many of these topics. And there are real battles that are starting now, and I realize you're a bit away from preseason games. But it's crazy for me to think that Mike Tomlin is in his 16th season as the Steelers' head coach. And that entire landscape of his career there has essentially never had a real mystery at quarterback. I mean, yes, a Big Ben missed time here and there, but it's like he's been cemented at the most important position. Now you actually have one of the few actual quarterback battles about to unfold. And it's Mitch Trubisky, it's Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett, I think this is the problem for Mitch Trubisky. Because I've never believed in him. And I think even in a preseason game, when he throws some sort of death strike interception, like midway through his two series, and already in the minds of Steelers fans who have in been sold mind. this bill of goods, like Mitch Trubisky is a viable starter who everyone seemed to love coming out of his backup experience with the Bills. He's a new guy. No, he's not. Here's the problem. You've got Kenny Pickett, who is a Pittsburgh person who knows the <laughs> complex. He knows where the bathroom is in the building. All they're all they're going to... If you're that a does fan... Feel like it, it feels
2: like like a trope in 2022 alone this Kenny Pickett knows where the bathroom is. I get that
3: that's absurd. Like I people do. are
2: way plugged in on the fact that he practices like
3: there. People It's not actually that people absurd. People make
4: it out, and they do say these sort of things a lot too. And it's like a familiar. It's like I oh I know where everyone. It's like I can figure out where the bathroom is day one. That's not a well, huge problem. Right. Well, like Greg, if he has Greg to find you the have your own fan bathroom. Base, but but if he needs to have some private time, he knows where like to go. I'm, we I'm moved to third it. floor. We moved into this building. Would you say it was that challenging
3: to figure out where the bathroom was? It's right near. What I'm more saying is. Is that the person <laughs> in front of him is Mitch Trubisky. And if you're trying to sell Mitch Trubisky as your starter, unless you've like doused the public water supply with seven percent LSD, it's not gonna work. Because people from Pittsburgh care that Kenny Pittsburgh Kenny Pickett is from Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. I think they do. And I think the the, the I like bigger the bigger problem is that you've got a, whenever building. whenever you have a sports fan in general and you've got a you've got a rookie quarterback that has a good story on hanging on to him, and you've got a problematic starter, it's not going to take till... I don't want to hear this, oh, you know, we've got Mitch Trubisky till week eight or nine. We've been doing this for too long. It's week two, if not... Uh, not ejector it, depending, seat during how,
4: the- depending how Pickett
3: plays in camp. Sure. And that's one where... The practice reports will matter
4: where the reps matter. He was someone, Pickett, that didn't get any first-team reps in OTAs and minicamps. You don't want to look too deeply into reps then. It's really about what's happening about one week from now. And he's someone that he'll be auditioning in his preseason. No matter how Mitch does, Pickett will play a lot. And if Pickett plays terribly, they're not going to— bring him in as early in the season as if he plays well in the preseason and and he certainly won't have a chance. I'm well, pointing to, point to the
3: preseason. I mean, it, this right. is one of the quarterback battles that actually has gravity attached if to you, it.
2: If you go back to on this show at the end of the Ju- end of June when the Athletic had the report that uh, Kenny Pickett was working exclusively with the third string offense and all that stuff, I didn't buy it then. I don't buy it now. I think, yes, it's very much a uh, narrative of the off season that Mitch Trubisky is a figure to to treat with respect and view as a the favorite. I think this is Pickett's job, unless it's not. And the only way, all he has to do, I think, is play well, and they'll. I think they'll give him the game. Like you mm. say, Greg,
3: if they tie, if they look even, tie do you, goes I, to the rookie. Here's
2: would, the thing, would, though. Like, that.
4: I was texting with our friend uh, Nick Wesseling yesterday, a little bit about the Bengals. Big Nick. And he's, you know, we're talking about the Bengals prospects. And he's like, well, you got the Browns and Steelers. That's four wins right there. And I'm thinking, well, how quickly this this turns. First of all, I would never say that inside a division. I would never say that about the Mike Tomlin Pittsburgh freaking Steelers. This defense has a lot of potential to be great. They won eight games with terrible quarterback play a year ago. I would never put that much disrespect on a Mike Tomlin Tomlin team, that yes, the offensive line has some issues, but whoever's playing quarterback has Chase Claypool, has Deontay Johnson, has George Pickens, who I really like, Calvin Austin's an interesting rookie, has Najee Harris, like, I would... Uh, not look past the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is not like a division where there's any cupcakes, I don't believe. And Bengals fans thinking that they're just going to walk over the Steelers. It took I mean, one year for them get, to get right, there. Give Come me a on. break. You're going to step into the rake. It's going to hit you in the face. And that rake and yeah, is ice. called Mike Tomlin.
2: Um, th- I, sometimes I think this is uh, the Saints Marching In podcast because you guys love them so much. Um, but I want to bring up something that's on the radar. Um, Alvin Kamara. What's going on, with Kamara? You know, you had the uh, pro football talk report that um, it's a possible the Saints are bracing for a suspension of at least six games. That's connected, of course, to a off the field situation involving a fight. Um, And if he misses extended time, that's going to be a huge setback for the Saints. And we're still waiting. Everyone's obviously and rightfully so. Everyone's kind of completely focused on Deshaun Watson's uh, suspension situation. And when that comes down, and God, when is that going to come down? Maybe soon. Uh, but the Kamara thing has a big fallout because the NFC South is, I know the Bucks should be seen as the favorite there, but that division I think is there for the taking for the Saints if a couple mm. things go their way. And you it's need, certainly a wild card. Berth. But look at their setup right now. This is a team I would say is be on the lookout for them adding another Uh, player in the backfield because right now Mark Ingram who by the way has been around long enough now that he has I think he's the active yardage leader and yards rushing in the league right now Um, I don't know if he's a guy in 2022 that you want to be taking the bulk of your carries Um, so if this ends up being a a significant suspension that takes him into late October that could have a big big effect on the Saints chances of going to the playoffs yeah, they're, think, load,
3: they're loaded. They have a lot more on offense than they did last year at wide receiver, especially if Michael Thomas is healthy. If, if, if. on the PUP right now. But in general, they're a team that I think their identity flows off of defense, and they're a team that is not scared of the Bucs, that beat the Bucs and whipped them last year. I think they could win this division, but it requires the Alvin Kamara thing not to go totally sideways. Right, the
4: newest reporting was there's no firm timeline on a the decision. There was some concern it could be at least six games, which you know surprised me a little bit. That was from my old boss, Mike Florio, back in June. Just that is bracing for one that big.
2: I had said that in the setup of this, but that's fine.
4: right. Um, yeah. Some sometimes when they say that, here's a little inside baseball. I yeah. feel like sometimes when they say that, they actually know and they've appealed and they're waiting for the appeal. That and I don't, I, you, I don't know. You have no idea because mm-hmm. the NFL hasn't announced it, but that. That specific say, saying it that way was was interesting, or that they have some sort of indication they're they're one of the teams to watch this month because of Camara, and that's just like kind of a news based thing. But also, you know, Jameis Winston's coming off a torn ACL, was walking around with a limp. I know he's going to be cleared for camp, but the, and and Michael Thomas, as you mentioned, is starting it on PUP. Like he's someone that you either could be getting a top ten receiver, or you could be getting nothing, and watching him over the next month is going to be. Important. I feel like them more than maybe any team in the league has like a greater chance to either win twelve
3: games that no one's talking about or or stink.
4: They could also stink. Their first six that, games: so.
3: the Falcons, <laughs> not bad. Bucks, problematic. Panthers, not bad. Vikings, Seahawks, Bengals. And if it goes on beyond six games, Cardinals, Raiders. What so What
4: see. is our takeaway there? That was That's like a I'm, rough schedule. That's is it a, I, okay. outside
3: of Falcons? You have got the Bucks, Vikings, Seahawks, Bengals, Cardinals, Raiders. I'm Got definitely taking. You know, there. I'm taking there.
4: that. Um, I'm taking that Saints Falcons right. You know, we do the draft week one, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I'm taking. We s- pick games. Yeah, yeah we we yes. draft which games More we're going to watch. Yeah. Now you you guys could step in front of me probably and do this. I gonna, think I
2: have the first overall pick as the reigning it's, champion. <laughs> it's not so. going to be
4: my first pick, but yeah. I want as my backup 10 a.m. game. Saints-Falcons. Like, to me, that's perfect. You're like I'm the bad guy that. in I'm the movie. I'm loving that. Like, Week one, Mariota. Like, I th- this is the time never to watch the that plan.
2: game. You never reveal Fine, take it, take the plan. You never reveal the master plan to the, the other guy because that will come back to bite you. Take it. And now it. I am locking it away, baby, <laughs> and I'm going to make you to trade for it and it's going to be a I fiasco it, like though. it was I last year. I w- like, if you take Remember the that...
4: Remember the Herschel Walker gonna, trade I made He's going to watch it year? anyways and talk about no, it while yeah, you're you, it. You won't, so won't want to be so, watching but, it. I just mean these two teams are going to be weird and interesting. And I kind of want to watch the Falcons before things fall apart.
3: Maybe they won't fall I do apart. not desire it, so I'm not going to get in your Actually, way. Actually, the, the Falcons uh, are another one I'll strategy. throw out
4: there because I, I think Mariota and Ritter is a real quarterback battle. Oh, you're serious? Yeah. Well, as a thing now, I... That Mariota's played one game in the last two years, and I'm and I'm. I was thinking about him for making the leap, and so I I decided to watch that game, and it, it, <laughs> it was an awesome game. It really was <laughs> it, one of the top games of his career. I'm not going to go back and watch all the Titans games, but I just have a hard time believing he had any many Titans games where he made six or seven plays, mostly with his arm, as good as as that. Patriots 2018. Okay,
5: he, Cowboys 2018. He, he certainly had mind. a few
4: moments, and look, that's why Wes Wes never gave up the Mariota torch. He always thought he could be a starter. He has developed, um, and I'm just I'm I think they're. There could be something there, but I also think Ritter is the guy out of all the rookies that is most pro-ready and the most heady guy, and I think that's a real battle, and that if he ends up having, like, let's say, a great preseason, that it will be a decision, and he'll be at least competing against like, the Week 3 version of Mariota when the Falcons are 0-2. Can we bring Ritter in that early? ESPN
3: noted that Mariota was far ahead of Ritter all through the— I I think everything that happened before now— does not matter. And they also the other reports say they love Ritter like you said from the neck up that he's learning everything quickly. And I think Mariota's got to be one of the most replaceable current first starter first team starters I, in the
4: league right now. I get it. I guess I'm I'm at the point where the teams are the most interesting in week 1 to me. I want to keep as many teams interesting as possible as long as possible. It's one of the reasons my favorite week is week 1. And the only way the the Falcons are going to stay interesting this year is if Mariota gives us a career Renaissance. I'm actually like the 17th best quarterback in the league and I make this offense kind of fun to watch. So I'm I'm like investing myself and in hoping for a little bit of that. But he's going to have to do it in camp to start.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm buying into that. I'm bu- in terms of disappointing former first round quarterbacks, I buy into Mariota being interesting this year more than Trubisky
4: Yes. Absolutely. I, I would too. And, I, it's but, really that one game. It's he plays one game in two years, and you haven't seen him in two years, and it's like, man, that game. It was, was awesome good. though. But he it, also has gotten hurt, like as a backup, and that's part of the problem. Ritter's going to play because Mariota probably I, I don't won't last. Regardless. Yes, Justin.
5: I just wanted to say, maybe Mariota <laughs> could have a Ryan Tannehill-like renaissance uh, with the coach that. Was coordinating yes. when Tannehill had that renaissance, but also. The one
3: that benched Mariota. He right, did bench Mariota computer.
5: six games into the season.
3: That's where I was like, oh, there's such tight relationships. I mean, not really. <laughs> he believes, believes, yeah, he he believes him, him in a, enough to sign him. Then again,
4: they only believe him enough to give him a backup contract. That's one of the things I think that it was a little under the radar. He's making around the same as. Teddy is in, in yeah. Miami. He's not making a real. If contract. Mariota
3: starts 17 games, I will do one of these shows topless. Like he is not that. <laughs> okay, write happening. that down. Ooh, write it down. Write, it down. write it down.
5: Will Ritter get in because the Falcons are not a good team and they want to see what he has, or will he be forced to come in because Mariota has had trouble staying healthy his whole Both. career? Right, that's Both. Both. Yeah.
4: I mean, Drake London's like their first. Receiver maybe wideout is their number one. Brian Edwards is their odd. That's date. how they it's, get. It's, a, it's
2: asking a lot. That's how their offense and the team in general. The path to relevance past uh, Thanksgiving is Kyle Pitts becomes all world, and Drake London hits the ground running and has one of those big year ones from wide receivers that we've been seeing. Then or they or get, they're just in the race for the number one overall uh, that, draft pick. Which I, if I'll, I had that's a, their relevance, yeah, if, if I had to, if I had to bet which one's more likely, I would say that. But there is a path, you know. All right, let's take a break and then uh, do one more round through. And then, uh, you know, that's how we'll do it.
0: Right back. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower...
6: <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: All right.
2: Um, do, should we make any... Welcome back. Should we make any... Have any concerns about the reigning Super Bowl champion quarterback, Matthew Stafford, uh, having an anti-inflammatory shot in his right elbow this off season, and, you know, he's on a pitch count to open training camp. Uh, should we worry about it at all? Right. It was
4: technically a surgery, right? I mean, that's, that is a concern a little bit. So, you know,
2: obviously you're doing exactly what you would think any team that knows what it's doing would do is the veteran quarterback who's been through, you know, 13, 14 training camps already. We're not going to have him throwing high velocity missiles, you know, 50 times a practice, but it is notable. He comes off a very long season that ends with the Super Bowl win now he has the elbow issue. I just, you know, that you want to say, what's a way that the Rams title defense goes straight to hell is if Stafford's not right physically. I'm just tracking it. I'm, I'm not concerned about it. I don't think Rams fans should be, but just keep an eye on his practice. Does he play it all in the preseason? What kind of, how are they using him throughout training camp as we
3: get closer to September? It'll be interesting to see what happens. I think tracking it is the right thing. It's a track. The way right if you live in Los Angeles, you're so distracted by so many other things. I don't think they're probably at home um, sweating, you know, body sweating over where Matthew Stafford is As with opposed his arm. To right what now. Now. <laughs> well, just like like the entire body feels hot. Like I don't oh, I don't full think body sweat. Yeah, full body oh, yeah, sweat. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I think you just wait and see where we are in a couple of weeks. I mean, it makes of course they're going to they don't need him right now.
4: Right, they're one of those teams. They're not going to be too active in the preseason. But they'll be out there practicing. We will be heading to Rams camp next week. Yeah, I, we will. I believe at How the en- end of the week. We'll check that out. Like, Cam Akers is someone I'm kind of watching there a, a little bit. Their their secondary, their cornerback position is very much up in the air. But they're someone they're just going to, like, keep everyone in bubble wrap. I'm not, I'm not that concerned. There are some players on the pup list that, like, I'm a Ramsey? M- more concerned about. Ramsey, I think it's going to be fine. You know, now they're going to let him, like, participate in practice a little bit but like around the league like marcus peters and ronnie stanley and Tyus Bowser, like the Ravens you know, they have a lot of like players they need that are coming off big time injuries. Your guy, Mikai Becton, is on on PUP Carl early. Austin as well. Lyle Collins was a was a name that was a surprise. He's on the NFI list uh for the Mikai Becton is on like a cruise in the Mediterranean
3: right now. We have right. we, no
4: one knows where he is. Right, and that's like a back injury. So that you know, that's a concern. Bakhtiari still hurt for the Packers. So these are ones where you just okay, you, you note it early in July and then you just start the, tracking
2: it. The last one there is more on on my radar than any of the others just because Bacteria tried to come back last yeah. year mm-hmm. and it didn't work out and they shut him back down and now he went through an entire new offseason and he starts on the Pup List. That said and for those that don't know you know how the Pup List works there is a a window here uh, where they can come off at any time. Oh yeah, the whole the whole camp. They, and they can come off anytime. So it-, it doesn't. It's different than being put on some type of restricted list or some uh, an IR situation. It's just the team in some cases just managing the pace of the recovery or how they want to kind of lay these guys out in practice. But it's also again like the Matthew Stafford situation. Like would I have liked would have been a better update on Makai Becton, who's the last. Big piece of that Jets offensive line rebuild. And if he comes back and is special, that could be a really good offensive line. The fact that he's not coming back from the knee injury from week one last year, ready to go for the starting training camp, not ideal.
4: He not does have ideal. that
3: T-shirt, though, where he noted all the slander or he Austin. took from – It's know. like a it's yeah.
4: like a protective measure the team takes by putting him on these this POP list because then – in theory, if they weren't ready for the season, they could transfer to the to the actual PUP lesson and, and miss six games. But you're right. With the IR rules, it, it sort of doesn't matter. It's just like a little early red flag of who's not.
2: Where helping. does waking up in the middle of the night in a full-body sweat, that's happened to everybody? Happened to me last night. Did it really? Really?
3: Because, I mean, because we're I'm back. A, I'm also up. No, not at all. It's like I'm up like four hours a night, and right. often it's like you're under I mean, the, blankets and comforters. The hour you know. for
2: Mark. Cecily the hours between let's say 1 a.m. and 6 a.m. is just a full on nightmare typically right it's
3: just I have those like, like the sleep lap oh, no. on your watch and it just is a, <laughs> it is a bizarre sight each morning it's just like seven. blinking
6: go to sleep it's like who I are you that's
3: that's tough i mean um <laughs>
4: i'm generally a good sleeper like if if i maybe have like an interpersonal problem right. a relationship that's at a crossroads, or I'm in it with someone, and that's, well, I've got a few of those. That's, so don't on, you worry. that's on my mind. That will maybe wake me up in the middle of the night. But that's about it. Otherwise, full body sweat. I'll, I'll maybe I'll have the sweat. I think I maybe if I've dr- had a beer or some drinking, I'll
2: have a sweat in the night. <laughs> a beer, full body sweat. I don't really uh, drink <laughs> body too Body rejects it. Um, all Mark's right. got a big list of. Uh, all right, let's let's things. do a few more because we got to get Jane Slater. It's true. I here's why. Here. I also
4: have a surprise, very mini seg before the
2: Jane
3: Slater. Oh. Oh. how right. about that? Very. Big. All right,
2: let's go. Let's I, have, sure. I have two It'll quick sure. ones,
3: and I will I will state them, and you can comment if you wish. I want. I know the one landing spot people have whispered about for Jimmy G is Houston. I would argue that is one of the dumbest things they can do at this point. Why pay for him when you have Davis Mills? If you look at Davis Mills from a year ago, he had two poor. He had two meltdown performances against the Colts and Bills where he threw more interceptions than touchdowns. In his other 11 starts, 16 touchdowns, 4 interceptions. No one is talking about Davis Mills for the most part. It seems like he doesn't even matter. There is no reason to trade for Jimmy G. I hate that that for the Texans when you are essentially a team finding out, floating around this year, waiting for daylight to see who you are. I would find out who Davis Mills is. Number two, will we get, because I just feel this is going to happen. Everything's too calm right now. Everything's very – it's a very placid lake mm-hmm. out there. Mm-hmm. Every every team's in a no-drama scenario. What and when will we get the Antonio Brown-level meltdown from some player out mm. there that completely absorbs the next three to five weeks of our lives where like 35% of every show like ours and others <laughs> has to talk about player X doing something X that we don't approve of?
2: You know, he – for all his jackassery, you got to give – Antonio Brown credit for being box office when it comes to being he like was a kind crazy of one person. of one, one of one. Yeah. So I it's don't hard know. We, to we top almost him. need somebody. i just saying, a Philly, no a Terrell Owens in the league really right now. Maybe we we're in this like in between period where we are waiting for that next like crazy son of a bitch to show up. It you just know?
3: seems like the the space is there. That's when the space is so occupied there, by there, someone. There
4: will be some drama type story that pops that you can't see coming. That's why that's why we show up. I. I'm with you on Davis Mills, by the way. And I'm interested. I'm interested in that Texans camp too, because they have so many positions up for grabs. One of them's receiver. We should mention their second round pick. uh, John Mechie uh, announced over the weekend that he was diagnosed with leukemia. And he, he mentioned it was the most most curable type Mm. of cancer and they feel good about his long-term prospects, but that, you know, he, he will miss this season and, you just feel for the the young man who also tore his ACL in his last year at, at Alabama, someone they were really excited about, someone when you were penciling in who's going to play for them. I, I kind of expected him to have 500, 800 snaps, someone that they, uh, even though he was a second round pick, they were probably counting on pretty early because there's not many people. And you just, uh, yeah, you feel, you feel for him having to go through this. Uh, but it sounded like a a good thing long term that that at least he had a pretty good prognosis. Right, he's
2: likely will not be playing football in 2022. But uh, right now it's his health that matters most. So best wishes to John Mechie. Uh, you got another one. Mills Mark? was flashy. No, no. I'm good. By the way, Mills did.
4: I'm with you. I'm putting him on making the leap too. He he had. Some, I, I think he's ignored essentially. He had some flashy plays. That's the thing. If you pick the top 20, 25 plays of Davis Mills' seasons, he can throw it. I mean, I think he processed pretty well in terms of going through reads. I think he moves really well in the pocket. He's a big dude. He's not incredibly athletic or anything, but he's he moves well in the pocket. I think I think he has a chance. Like I don't know where he's going to end up, but he, he very much seems like an NFL quarterback. I think
2: the point like, you're making too there, Mark, is like the Texans are not competing for Super Bowls right now. Jimmy Garoppolo is we've seen enough to know that he's if he's a bridge quarterback or maybe a little better if he's healthy you might as well just see if the kid really can play give him another full season davis mills and then if he takes off and builds off that rookie year you know you got a guy when you go into the next draft process and if he doesn't well then you go identify Isn't there that a position. world
3: where his ceiling is higher than jimmy g's and you go learn that this year yes. just, I mean, just i mean i just think jimmy g would
2: be i think it, we know jimmy if, g's ceiling at this point i don't right, think right, we it's know it's it
4: that is that crazy if Jimmy G's best offer is that he has to take his salary down to eight million dollars, and that he was backing up Mills to start the year. I don't like. I don't totally hate that. It's maybe unnecessary for a team like this, though, in this stage of the rebuilding process. But I, I don't. I don't hate it as long as he's the backup going into the year. So the
2: Seahawks are really going to do this, huh? So that's I, that's I don't, I don't where I'm that. going. I mean, we should. <laughs> we should. Really we, like. We've this.
4: sort of talked about the Geno thing here and there but you Smith and Drew Locke are they really gonna do this okay here's the thing uh <laughs> this is old school in terms of you know in Pittsburgh they're not like splitting up the reps even I guess they're doing that in Carolina with with Darnold and Mayfield for now but here's just two men in the arena and it, this is how the Pete Carroll era started I remembered it well uh it was I guess I don't remember it that well but it was Matt Flynn it was Tarvaris, I think, was still kicking around then. It was a legitimate quarterback competition. The next year, they get Russell Wilson in, and it's a three-quarterback competition, and Russell Wilson goes out and wins it. This time, it's Geno Smith in year 10 getting a real chance to be a week one uh, starter again against Drew Locke. Give me all the practice reports. Give me the preseasons where it's like (laughs) the first week he's starting, but the second week Drew Locke's starting, and then we're like over-evaluating it. This is happening for a team that like – isn't trying to rebuild they're trying to win whether you think they can or not they're trying to win 8 or 9 games do something like that greg is year. an
3: imbalanced individual that is that is grotesque to large This is to what, we can, of this the is what we can get at this
2: point Your this goal, is exciting if you're any NFL front office the goal should not be to go 9 and 8 that's going to be the goal. It's like you're. That's purgatory. Yes, Gravedigger.
5: Um, actually, Matt Flynn joined the Seahawks a few months before they drafted yes. Russell Wolf oh, As right. I've talked about it on the show. a huge free
2: agent sign. Look at the Graver can. It. Check it out on YouTube. We, I, You know, I was pushing for this from the moment we moved into this damn building. We need a behind-the-glass cam. Ricky Hollywood's going to be super annoyed I- that it didn't show up until she got here. And by the way, Ricky Hollywood, shout-out to Ricky Hollywood. Check her out all over Instagram and Twitter because she is – the newest member of the Ramilly, and she has hit the ground running with some bangers.
3: Taking photos with Odell Beckham, yes. Matt Stafford, Sean McVay, and you know they had the Super Bowl ring ceremony, and she was running around with a candy ring. Very yeah. Ricky hollywood I, I have, um, I, have to... I apologize. I love the the. St- we need you to to correct stats no, I... and factual. Th-
4: Matt Hasselbeck was still there in his last year in the first year of Carroll, and it was the next year where it was the three pronged attack. Yes. Flynn Chaz Whitehurst. And Russell Wilson. Mm. So
2: I've talked about in the show, they sent me NFL.com years ago, 2012, it would have been to the rooftop of this uh, charity event of the Seahawks. And I interviewed Pete Carroll and I had a question to him, just kind of more like a leading question, like Matt Flinger guy. And I remember Carroll being like, well, you know, kind of hold up here. We love this Russell Wilson kid. And, and what was he, a third round pick, Wilson? You take that in June. It was like, all right, whatever. Everybody loves whatever the mid-round quarterback. But that turned out to be the guy. But that's again. But he was electric in the preseason, and he was. Fantastic. But what I'm saying like is, in like the, in
4: practice, he was someone where the first ten days of camp, it was like the hype actually ended up being real.
2: Right, and they is the Flynn contract looked really big on paper, but it wasn't actually something that they couldn't get out of. So it just seemed like that was a team and an era of the Seahawks where there was a plan in place, and now it seems like just the Older coach and a, a front office that's a little funky now. It's just, I don't give them the benefit of the doubt, I guess is what I'm saying.
4: No, Not I don't know. That position. I don't know where this is leading. Their defense, if it all came together, has some potential, like their backfield with Rashad Penny and Kenny Walker. I, Ken Walker is a guy, uh, one of Wes's. Uh, big truisms in camp was like running backs is kind of the one position you can really watch in these preseason games uh and the Seahawks are one of the few teams that still like ride their guys in the preseason so Ken Ken Walker is a guy I want to watch uh, Rashad Penny uh but but Gino locking this is this is what we need.
2: This Breaking is what we need. Well, in you need it. <laughs> it's Something. Rap sheet reports that Bears all pro linebacker Roquan Smith will not be participating in training camp. When veterans report tomorrow, because of his contract situation, Smith has not yet received an offer he would remotely consider. Thus, he'll wait. So not the hold Mm. in, the hold out. Uh, Roquan Smith, I wonder if the All-Pro becomes a saucy uh, trade possibility now for a team that feels like they're a little short in the middle of their defense. Uh, Just throwing that out there for a Bears team that obviously is in rebuilding mode. You know what's funny?
3: There is a – the Bears have um unveiled like twenty five other teams, their one game um alt uniforms and it's orange jerseys and an orange Bears helmet. Um it looks grotesque. But Roquan Smith was asked to model it and it's all over Twitter. There's two um you can see his eyes in both of them. In both in both shots he looks <clears throat> very discontent with the uniform but also his situation. So sure. that happened right before wow. this.
2: Wow. Interesting.
3: That it that's very Where was the photo shoot? Well, I'm not sure when the photo shoot occurred, but the photos were unleashed over the it's weekend. Good digging, though. Good there,
4: digging. That really surprises me. Um, just because the new collective bargaining agreement has made it almost impossible to hold out, where if the Bears want, they can uh, fine Roquan Smith an incredible amount, uh, you know, a very costly amount. Now, usually they work these things out and if he thinks he's going to be in long, you know, bears long term, they'll get the contract done. They'll say don't worry about all the money, mm-hmm. but if it if they want to, they have that hammer where they can just fine him and he is possibly the best player on their roster right now. I mean, he he is one of the premier inside linebackers, I would say, in the league. in in an NFL where you're just hoping to find one of these linebackers that can stay on the field all three downs and are, are good uh, on passing downs too, he's it. Like, he he is one of the prototypes. He's one of their best picks. Uh, and it's interesting when you think about Roquan Smith and Robert Quinn, because there's been some buzz that Robert Quinn, who stayed away from offseason season where could potentially be a trade uh, candidate and that he might want either more money or one off the team. People just aren't happy with the Bears. So, like, those two combining uh, that as a story and being their best two defensive players is is interesting. If you're the
2: Bears where they are, and I'm not demeaning the Bears as a team that shouldn't even be thought of as a, a, a team that's existing in 2022. But Robert Quinn is a guy at 32 years old that you move if you can get any type yes, of good draft he was, pick But
4: Roquan Smith, like, why trade he's him? 25. That's who you're, that's he's, who you're building he's around. He's a
2: guy. You, he's an all-pro young star you want to keep in the building. But if you sense that, you know, this isn't going to happen, yeah, go go see what you can do and really mm. escalate that I think rebuild. Ryan
3: Poles has been given permission to tear it down to the studs, basically. I don't know if Matt Ibraflus... I get it, but you need you need what? to f- tear it down to the polls. <laughs> down to the polls. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I that that still would you'd still have polls involved. In you got to find people to spend that cap space
2: on to,
4: to, to spend all your cap that yeah, are worth do, it. Yeah, you do. But I mean, like, I, it's kind of like the like the Cowboys. We're going to talk with Jane how they just have a twenty million dollars they haven't spent. That's a waste. And and Quinn makes sense as a trade. My point is, what are you doing if you're not uh, building around players like Roquan
2: Smith? That's who you want how to because you, know you what see we're teams, talk teams about do this, Jane? but. How do you know what we're gonna? I just about know
4: I'm gonna bring up Cooper. I'm How gonna bring know? up Cooper.
2: I think we already recorded it. And Damn it! Damn it,
3: Greg. That's you know.
2: I think you. I this think is you just, Hollywood. This no. is
3: this is magic. to no, because we didn't I thought I thought that, that was intellectually dishonest. No, but dishonest. You, t- you tore down the magic and the illusion. This right. is well, even get, worse.
2: He did it. He we're tore all it down back for together. his you, own you, you, for to make you look
3: like like you're right.
2: I, I know how that interview – I will be the one guiding us through it. Just wait and see how I – we couldn't let that
4: go. You know, it's
3: unrewarding behavior by Greg. We're back
4: together, and you guys have forgotten what it means to put on a show, to be professionals, and to put on a show. We're not just analysts. You've been we're, called out. We're entertainers. And you just have to take the medicine. You're disappointed by what just happened. Okay, I need to change the subject. So I just wanted to say going into our 10th uh, training camp yes. here. I just wanted to throw this idea out here. Yes, you brought up Geno Smith uh-huh. a little earlier, uh, member of the 2013 draft class, right? Yes, the second round pick, of course. So that was our first. Came out in the sweater.
2: On so day he two. Came,
4: he basically came. You know, he he came into the NFL same time as us. And so I was thinking, like, as a podcast, uh, we are entering that that 10th season. Mm. And I was thinking, who, like, you know, we're get they we're getting up there. We've certainly learned a lot. Some people might say uh, our best days behind us. That's going to depend on what we put out on the field this year. But we have to prove it. We're at the age we need to we need to show it. And I, I guess I'm I wanted to know who from that 2013 draft class do you think most embodies our podcast? Now that was famously a terrible class at the top. Uh, Eric Fisher, Derek, jo- uh, Luke Jokel, Dion Jordan, Lane Johnson. Nice pick at four, Ziggy Ansa. Barcavius Mingo, Jonathan Cooper, Tavon Austin, D. Milner, Chance Warmack. That's a rough top ten. But there are other good quality pros that are still uh, hanging around. Uh, Sheldon Richardson still in the league. Maybe, I've got maybe, one for you. maybe we're that guy. There's many good second round picks all in a row. The top ten in the second round is actually better. It includes Zach Ertz, Darius Slay. Uh, my back, my guy Gino Robert Woods maybe we're a Robert Woods like solid guy make making our money. maybe we're Manti Te'o uh, and we'll have a documentary made about us and we're like a I can't a, wait to watch that. a
3: source of of ridicule. How you, about this? I think we are drafted third round number sixty nine overall <laughs> by the Cardinals. Ooh, what? Honey badger. Ooh. I like that. Uh, we were not believed early on. I like right? that. Right? We were not yeah. believed in. And, and we all came with a pass, different pass, some of us shady pass. And we're <laughs> still here. We've proven, th- we've proven them wrong. Here's That's a good one. Here's Kelsey why, is another third
2: round pick that year. Here's probably. why I don't think that right. Or good? Kelsey, uh, because that was notable. When it happened, everybody was wondering, when does Honey Badger come off the board? Because he's very talented, but he had the off-the-field issues mm. and LSU kicked him off the team. Nobody was talking about around the NFL. So I'm trying to go – I'm going down. I see as more as like a – Mm. You know, a uh New York Giants pick 253 in round seven. Michael <laughs> Cox, the running back Come out of Massachusetts. On. What but we, what
4: kind of career has he what? had? I, no, we need to know. have someone that's still in the league. It's and and I think the way you had just explained it actually helped me out because I didn't have a good answer for this. I like Darius Slay. <laughs> well, Ryan Jensen, he's very entertaining. For you. He's made
3: a, he's making money and he's still at the top of his game. So I like Darius Slay a okay. little Fourth but, round pick, one hundred and thirty overall by the Baltimore Ravens. No one was talking about this guy or this pick, Kyle Uzcheck. That's us. Mm. I I was gonna throw
4: out another fourth round pick when when Dan did mention that and and because I think as great as Juice oh, Greg, is, you have Kenny Stills too. I call him Uh-oh. Juice. Now we're definitely not doing Kenny Stills. Kenny Stills he's caused some problems for this podcast, uh, at Well, least for you. myself uh, in the past. Um, David Bakhtiari. Uh again, someone that um no one was talking about as a fourth round pick and rose to the very top of his field uh and dominated, was the very best at what he did deep in the draft. And yeah, this year maybe coming off injuries didn't have the greatest off season in the world, but is still making bank. That's David Bach
3: that Jeff I mean, but Bakhtari. he's he's That's on the us. he's on the pup right now, and, and so that what's that say prove about it. us? We've got to is prove giving me it. Yeah, I just know. looking
2: at this draft class is giving me PTSD <laughs> of our around the NFL writing days. Remember how many articles we had to write about Marcus Lattimore coming back from the devastating knee injury? It was Jay- a Daily, coverage. Jamie Collins was in this draft. Coverage. There was a
4: lot of good second-round Allen? So, yeah, I mean, so I, I like the idea. I, in my heart, I would love to be a Robert Woods or a Keenan Allen kind of a just like. Underrated, you know, keeps, you know, out of the headlines necessarily, but a true pro. But I don't really think that's us. I don't think that's us.
2: Well, it's a it's a fun exercise you took us through, Greg, and uh, <laughs> I like Bactiari. I think that's, you know, I think that's a good one. And no, I don't hopefully think hopefully not Eddie Lacy, where like it becomes <laughs> no, like a oh body body Speaking issue. of daily thing. write-ups on NFL.com. How many Eddie Light Maybe we we'll,
4: maybe we'll ask on a poll on on Instagram or something Justin or or the listeners can let us know Who if are there's we? another one. Yeah. Hopefully not we? EJ Manuel.
5: Who won rookie of the year that year because weren't you guys the best new podcast of the we, year? We
4: were the best new podcast of mm-hmm. the year. I mean you could have looked this up before asking it. Uh Oh. Justin could, sh- would have, really, have would have helped. Yeah. Shot fired. Um and then you could have uh, really helped. Uh, RG3 oh.
3: no that was that Sheldon was, Richardson. Mm-hmm.
2: Yes. Okay. My boy. Uh,
3: right. It's Defensive Rookie of the Year. Hold on. Well, that works. So. Oh, so oh was that Eddie Lacy? it was Eddie Lacy. He, <laughs> yeah, he yeah. edged it's out Keenan
4: them. Allen, which, you know, it's, it's one of those awards you can be like, well, Eddie Lacy was better that year. Nope. The voters messed it up. They should have gone with Keenan Allen. That doesn't look good. Well, our retrospect. success did
3: not come early, so I'm not worried about offensive rookie or defensive rookie. How, many, Eddie, articles. Was Eddie Lacy, yeah. How
2: many articles did we have to write, Mark, about Tavon Austin? And everyone wanting Tavon Austin.
3: Or Eddie Lacy looking fat in a photo riding a bike to, you know, I mean, there was just too much of this content. fat
2: bike photo. (laughs) All right, let's take a break, and uh, Jane will come into the studio. Greg is ruined the illusion. She
4: already did. You ruined it. The illusion. (laughs) You ruined it. Is no more. She already did.
0: We'll be right back. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring,
6: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Welcome back. Joining us now, and this is one of the great pleasures of being back together in the studios you see everybody you know walking in the hallways and who's walking the hallways right past the glass of the Chris Wesley podcast studio it's Jane Slater it covers the Cowboys the Saints good morning football you see her all over the place and now she's right here on around the NFL welcome back Jane
7: god it kind of feels like tom cruise tom cruise and top gun 2 i feel like mm. you know you have I, that
3: aura about you right now like at I'm, this moment i'm coming yeah. back
7: in guys i'm ready to get in the, I'm ready to get in my fighter jet Prove I've still got it. I saw. I haven't I been. Saw I mean, this place is amazing.
4: In, in Tokyo with my father-in-law, who speaks a small amount of English, which
2: is the place to see Top Gun 2.
7: What a blast! I,
3: I would say. <laughs> Did they change the plot at all? No.
2: So. There is. Jane remarked as soon as she walked in, she saw the fancy new set here, in Inglewood, and then you know, Jane's been there with us forever. She knows where we were in the old uh, broom closet.
7: Poolside chats. Poolside right.
2: chats. Um, so yes. you guys have
7: come a long yeah, way. Talk we've... about legitimize what should have what should have been legitimized a long time ago mm. i've always been pulling for yet, this the and yeah
4: you're on just because we literally saw you walk by <laughs> that's the amount of planning that goes in you're the first guest uh, to come on just walking by and we we grabbed you uh, since our friend with the giants
7: but that's how good you guys well, are because a lot of shows can't pivot
3: doesn't it say, um, I mean, I know people are always railing against cell phones and cell phone technology. Had this been 1991, we would have lost you into the sea. But I just texted you and you came circling right back around. Technology is a powerful thing.
7: Hey, when ATN calls, I show up.
3: You mm. answered right away. It went, it went immediate It was red like a bat call the, went out. Yeah, on the signal, yeah. You, you're on Cameo. I just see this. <laughs> I'm
2: seeing this. Cameo.com slash Jane Slater. Um, on your Twitter account. What's going on in the Jane Slater cameo? Is, it, is everything in play? Like, what's out of bounds? What kind of requests are you getting? What's happening over on the Jane Slater cameo? How much do you charge?
7: 40 bucks, which That's I feel good. like is a lot. Honestly, That's good. It, it's it's awesome. But I've been really bad. Shout out to the people we've reached on cameo and your requests have expired. I do more free cameos because I feel bad that I missed the expires, the timeout. Mm. So I'm like, here's your cameo. But I enjoy doing it. Somebody actually asked me, to tell their husband that they were pregnant. And I felt like that was a, a really, move. really big announcement. And it felt too big for me.
3: To come from <laughs> another <laughs> for from another bucks. woman, that's a strange task. Uh, it was I would have very it odd. Task, I'm, yeah. not, <laughs> Be like, cost I'm not 250. pregnant, <laughs> but Sharon is. Congratulations.
7: Jade.
2: What is going on, before we get into the Cowboys and maybe a little on the Saints, what is going on with the Dallas Socialite Club? Where are we at right now? You are part of a posse. It is spicy. That rolls through North Texas with great power. Um, How is that going?
7: You know, it's so funny. I just, I grew up in Dallas, you know? Like, so everyone knew me when I was a traffic reporter working 3 a.m. as a freelancer at CBS 11 or you know I'd be out on Sunday funday at 11 o'clock and friends me be like don't you have the morning show in the morning to get home to oh yeah I gotta go talk about car wrecks <laughs> so they've seen me sort of you know work my way up so it's I don't know I just I feel like I've known and even like the socialites that you're referencing my Italian mm-hmm. trip I knew so many of these guys when they were literally sleeping on couches had big dreams for you know their business it's literally the most positive group of friends who have you wow. know, just like ATN, I knew you guys went. And so mm. it's fun to be around that energy and those people. But I think some people, uh, you know, think we have like this mean girls club or, you know, right. the social club. How ben Lyons like loves it, to
4: give, me, feels yeah. like give a reality me hell about show this whenever I Not
2: that like you're mean or anything or you're mean girls, but I like to imagine that you have to hit a certain level of class standing, success, wealth. Uh, phys- physical looks—you have to hit all these check marks,
3: and then you're in.
7: You know what it is? About- I don't like this. Oh, so we I-
3: slept on the couch together, and we right. Have you like you know, do wait- you weed people out as the years go by right. if they fall off the map? Salary not it's all, high it's enough, all, No, not good it's all
7: about good energy. My friends are all right. literally all over the place. We call ourselves the Gremlin Girl Gang because if you feed us or give us drinks after midnight, <laughs> we multiply. And it's just—it's a fun group. You know, I love—I love my crew.
2: What is going on with? the Cowboys on offense. How do you feel about the Cowboys on offense? Because you have Dak now another full year removed from that catastrophic leg injury. We don't know where Zeke's at. The wide receiver group is is thinner now with Amari Cooper and Cleveland. Do you think this is a top seven type offense, or do you think we're going to see them take a step back or get better this year? Where do you see this?
7: I think this is probably the trickiest year to get a sense of what this offense is going to be. Remember when they went into training camp and this was after they let Des go, right? And it was, we're going to do a wide receiver by committee. Well, that worked so well. They decided at the trade deadline, they were going to go and get Amari Cooper and give up a first-round pick, which was a great move on their part. But then you basically shipped him off uh, to Cleveland. Now you have $22 million in cap space. I get why they do it, right? In other words, they've been in cap hell for years. We've given them... You know, so much angst about that, but you just wonder: Are they making even some of the right decisions as it even relates to free agents? Like Von Miller, when I reported that, I always love to what It's I call it wet blanket season. Every <laughs> free agent will attach their names to the Cowboys to run up whatever another team is going to offer them. But Von Miller was legitimate. Von Miller wanted to come to Dallas, and they. It's my understanding they tried in good faith. But I mean, they were not going to match what Buffalo did. But in terms of going out and getting a flashy wide receiver, which I know a lot of people are asking because Michael Gallup's going to likely miss two as he's dealing with the ACL tear, I don't see him doing it. I think they feel good about Jalen Tolbert. James Washington didn't do much with the Steelers, so I don't know what to expect from him. Um, You know, and and we'll see with CeeDee Lamb. I think there's a lot of pressure on CeeDee to be the guy. I mean, we were talking about a receiving crew that had 3,000 yards you know, between the three of them. And when you're focused on Gallup or you're focused on Amari, sure, it's great for CD to have a breakout year or vice versa. And so I think the question is, can CD emerge as that guy? How much faith do you have in this, you know, young kid, Jalen Tolbert? Um, but I think for me, the bigger question isn't just the wide receivers, it's the offensive line. I mean, you lost three guys on your offensive line, lel Collins, uh, Connor Williams, which, I mean, they were kind of moving on from him anyways. Um, and then literally you're looking at possibly a rookie taking over at left guard. So Dak coming back from the injury says he's the healthiest he's been, but what do you expect from Zeke? So I think there's just I read a lot of question marks. The
3: thing for me, because we just talked about Jerry Jones, who is um, you know a bona fide character on many levels and uh, speaks out of school on certain things. We know that he has a fascination with Sean Payton, the other coach that you covered with the Saints a year ago um, – I mean, it it just hangs over the Cowboys that Mike McCarthy to me feels sometimes like a dead man walking. And if this offense that they can talk about any way they want crumbles out of the gate or just isn't what it's supposed to be, is this this like a setup for Mike McCarthy to be ejector seated out of here and Sean Payton comes rolling in like we thought he would have five (laughs) other times? To that point, as I said in the
2: setup here, Jane covers both those teams. And I'm just curious to that point, your vibe on the Sean Payton situation and like, if you had to put a percentage on it, how likely it is that he is in the big chair this time next year.
7: I don't think the Sean Payton experiment would work in Dallas. And I mean that because Sean was used to so much autonomy in New Orleans. In other words, he stood up on the table and he'll tell you he beat his hand for Alvin Kamara. He's the one that decided we're going to draft Taysom Hill and we're going to use him as this you know quarterback hybrid Swiss Army knife. I don't see the Cowboys giving him that sort of flexibility. And
2: didn't Parcells get that though when he was there? And
7: Par- he is a Parcells sort of disciple. Re- regretted it. And I'll tell you, Parcells, he did not enjoy that final chapter of his career. And I don't think Jerry did either. And of course, they all broke bread after. But look at Jimmy Johnson, another strong guy. Think about the guys in Dallas. who have I mean, you can argue haven't had success, but the guys that have worked with the personalities have been, you know, you've got Wade, you got Jason Garrett. These guys weren't pushing. The right, that what intro I'm...
4: press conference usually has the coach right next to Jerry, yeah. right? But it's Jerry that like speaks the whole time, and the coach is just sitting there like a good, good little it's soldier, so sort awkward. of. And you kind of can't imagine Sean Payton in that spot. Not as a as chance.
7: Why. This guy, his retirement presser went on for like two hours. <laughs> He's worse than me. I overtalk. Everyone knows that. Sean's worse than me at that. And so, <laughs> I even when after the games, like win or, lo- win or lose, you've got Jerry out there, you know fielding all the questions he's giving away, you know, so-and-so is not going to play this weekend on a Wednesday. Sean <laughs> would lose his mind over that. And I, I feel for some of these teams, like I saw, a, you know, one of the networks had the banner, you know, Sean Payton to Miami. I'm like, Mike McDaniel just got there. Can yeah, we that... all just let the, and I don't think Mike's seat is as hot as some of us think it is. In other words, every time I talk to Stephen Jones, you know, I love Mike, big fan of Mike. Okay, and getting to know Mike a little bit more in the last year, especially without COVID, getting him away from the offseason, I find myself cheering for him a little bit because he is kind of this old school guy that I think him and Kellen Moore did things very different offensively. So I think they're evolving and kind of finding their groove. And I think you'll see Mike McCarthy getting a little bit more involved offensively. Mm. But I think even and he'll say this to you on record, off record, the media In Dallas is so different than what he was used to in Green Bay and even New Orleans, for that matter. So I think there was a lot of adjustments for everyone involved. Uh, But I mean, we're still talking about a team that went 12 and five last year, had a top five offense, defense completely went from the bottom to a little bit over middle of the pack.
4: Oh, they were they were. I would put them as like a top eight, top five defense a year ago, and at the end, it was really the defense that was carrying the team. I mean, it, I in going into this season. It's strange because defenses do go up and down, but you have Micah Parsons, who to me is like a generational talent. You have plenty of continuity. I'm not worried about Randy Gregory leaving. I like their young defensive tackles, Odigizua and uh, Gallimore. Uh, I, I think I'm a you huge you, fan you have everything, and you have Dan Quinn in his second year, and you, and he showed he can mix it up. I, I like that defense. It's weirdly the offense that's the concern. And you mentioned that they have $20 million in cap space left over. That Amari Cooper trade, in hindsight, is one of the worst moves of the offseason. What is that cap space doing from them? That is, that you is could a have totally held on
7: to it until another team, if they start making a run, at at the then pr- you could have really gotten something for Look at the price of
4: receivers after that Cooper trade, yep. in terms of how much receivers got in trades, and I had to go back and look because I was like, "What did Cooper get?" I sort of forgot. Was it like a second or was it it's third, like a fourth, or something? It was like it? a fifth and sixth pick swap. They basically just dumped him. He could be on their team right now, and that's the position I'm short at. And then, and yet I look at all this, and that's the focus. And Dak's the main thing. Dak was not Dak. After that injury, and and maybe it was really all the injury, and I, I don't really know, but it, he held on to the ball forever. He was afraid to make quick decisions. H- his mental aptitude is, to me, his strength, and it was just not there down the stretch. And that's part of and, and Kellen Moore couldn't figure it out, and that's, that's the big mystery to me. It was one of the worst stretches, I think, of his career. And if he's back to being normal Dak, then they'll be fine.
7: I think that you know, he came back, you know, you kind of like geek yourself out. You're so ready to get back. Like, this is my year. And then things just start going wrong again. It was, I mean, he ended up, if you think about it, he's coming up from the gruesome injury. We all had these questions and he had gotten the big contract, right? He's excited to play he goes down in that October and then he loses his brother. Um, he has the shoulder injury and then he has the other, like, what was it? The, the not the quad. Calf. It was the calf, the calf injury. And then you've had seven combination line changes on offensive line, you've got Zeke who's dealing with a PCL that he keeps re-aggravating throughout the season. I think he was playing a little – I think he got in his head. And I think there was – when you have a gruesome injury like that – That playoff bone, game was rough. When, he
4: just was holding think the how, ball forever. I mean, nasty injury, Greg. Yeah.
7: I think in your mind you're thinking that offensive line, things aren't clicking, could it happen again? And I'm not saying that that's true. I've had that conversation with them. I don't know if he'd even ever admit that. But I just thought that was interesting. And then Mike McCarthy admitting – that the players seemed nervous during the team prayer handing into San San Francisco. I think that's what, honestly, that narrative hurt them the most because why would you be nervous heading into a game against the 49ers and Jimmy G at your stadium?
2: They played tight in that game. There's there's no doubt about it. And I think, like, listen, Jerry Jones is going to be 80 in October. And when we talk about, to circle back to the Peyton and the drama and the McCarthy of all of this, I – does not – you said Stephen Jones said we like Mike, and I get it. They also kept Jason Garrett around for, like, maybe five years longer than a lot of people thought they should have. So maybe that's part of the problem here, and that's why I think there's this is a very important season in Dallas, that let's see what happens here with this roster. We know this is a 12-win team last year, but if they have another season that where they fall short of their own expectations, at what point – do they need to say, man, it's been over a quarter century since we actually had the trophy. Maybe Sean Payton, maybe him or whoever it is, we need to make some shifts how we do business around here because it hasn't worked. I know they've been competitive. They've, they've had roster building. That's uh, a lot of teams wish they could do. Jared makes mistakes, but he also with his team, Steven and everyone, they also have success building a, a program out. But I don't know. I feel like this is an important pivot year for the organization. I also feel I like agree, every
3: also- summer we're saying that about the Cowboys. This is the season where if things don't go right for Dallas. <laughs> right, but this year you're going to have something to. Like, here and Sean Payton playing in the week. Right. They if, should be real. one
4: of the Super Bowl favorites, really. There's well, really
3: nothing
2: huge
7: that not. To. It's wide open. And if even if you look at the NFC South, you know, before you did have to worry about going through New Orleans and dealing with Sean. and, and, but and the NFC
3: it, in general feels much more wide open AFC.
2: Like of course every team says Super Bowl, but you know Winning the NFC at East 80, wouldn't tell me that they're, you know, they've, they're they doing something right. They got to win. You got to make a run here in the playoffs.
7: Dan, it's literally winning it all. Yeah. And I always liken the Cowboys to my alma mater, the University of Texas, right? Like, you've not only do you have to be a great mm-hmm. coach, but you have to be a politician. And I think Mike is learning. He's got to play with the media a little bit more than what he was doing before because Sean plays with the media and that's why everyone talks about him, right? Like, that's what works for Sean. You even kind of mirror some of the mistakes that Sean has made, but... They did make a change at Texas, and look what Sark has done, you know, after Tom Herman, after Mack. You know, he still doesn't want anything, but there's excitement.
2: Grave digger behind the glass is another UT alum. Hook him. Hook up, baby. Uh, so you're probably feeling pretty pumped right now. Hearing oh, yeah. The, just hearing
5: just hearing them yeah. mentioned Arch. We got Arch. Well, got hearing, hearing was... them mentioned sort Quinn of it,
4: viewers. in the context of once great franchises <laughs> who have totally
2: fallen
7: off they're literally and have, are living com- they're off very their comparable. name. They're living Which off Texas their name. Texas and the Cowboys are very pitch.
2: comparable. All right. Do we have any other, more, any other questions for Jane? She's a very busy woman.
3: I had one question about the Saints. Yeah. Dennis Allen, when he came out of the Oakland experience, Was the the thing hanging over him was like players just did not like this guy, and I get people can change. You know, Josh McDaniels is going through the same thing in in his world. But what, where are I mean, to go from Sean Payton to Dennis Allen? What do the players think about him, and can he escape the concept of like maybe an image problem there if they if they struggle?
7: I think because he's been there as long as he has, it just feels like it. It almost feels like uh, seamless. Yeah. You know, not someone from our own network. You know, when our, when Q moves on, drink has already been in the seat, right? So for me, I, I kind of feel like that's what, what's going on with the Saints. A in little inside words.
2: baseball there. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, look it up. Google it, everybody. <laughs> I
7: <laughs> mean, Peace that's together. bad. There's been I a succession it. plan, right? Yeah. Yes. So it was a succession plan that I don't think anyone was shocked when they moved on. They're all about really kind of keeping continuity there. And so I don't think it surprises anyone uh, that – that Dennis is the guy, and I think he's probably changed that image a long time ago, but they do do things very, very differently as it relates to the people aspect of their job. But in terms of what we can expect from them offensively and the way things go, I don't expect a lot of big changes for them. Their issue is going to be personnel at this point, specifically Alvin Kamara. We'll see how that thing shakes out.
2: Yeah, that is very much up in the air as we begin training camp. Jane, you've said it all. (laughs) And um, we just want to thank you.
7: I love doing your show. Thanks for having me. It's Anytime. Nice.
2: See, just, there's nobody just, saying, just walk, wrap it up. You got three minutes. I right know. I
7: talk so much. Like, you, I need, like, a in life, do this with me.
4: If you just walked by, and I'm I'm not saying what you did was strategic. I, I wouldn't accuse you of that. You just came off air. Most likely it was just a coincidence. But if you do walk by, right as we're about to start taping the show, every time it happens, mm. you'll be on the show quite a bit.
7: I mean, I'm such a fan girl. You guys might get a restraining order. Like Jane, we can't talk Cowboys and Saints with you or your personal life every time you're at the network.
2: All right, Jane Slater, thank you very much. Thanks, Jane. All right, there she goes, Jane Slater. Yep. I'll reiterate it. I do. You're right. It feels like it's always marked The conversation is like, well, this year the Cowboys have to do something, but it's just like, come on. I, I'm I'm not getting sucked in with this team, but I also don't get the vibe that this is an NFC Titan. I think this is a team that could win 10 10 or 11 games in that division, but it doesn't seem like they have enough horses, but... I,
3: I do believe you uttered the same exact phrase a year ago around this time. I'm not getting sucked in by. I think right. it's, you that's it's a and mass it population drop. And last you know? year,
4: though they they did exceed expectations. They did win 12 games. Um,
2: there were but sometimes just, a playoff game wipes away everything. Oh, that's Entirely. one of those cases.
4: And really, their their last month offensively, it was it wasn't just that game. They came into that game a, a offense that against good teams was just one of the worst Cowboys offenses we've seen under Dak Prescott. It came out of nowhere. uh, And I'm fascinated by Dak more than anything uh, because he just was not the right guy. I I shouldn't be so
2: general because I think if you're pointing to one thing that I'm concerned about, it is Dak last year, maybe not moving as well, not as confident. And now you have Jane who covers that team uh, like a glove on a hand. And she's saying, well, the offensive line is something to watch out for. That's, it will be interesting to see if Dak is the same guy he was before the giant game, um, or if they're, this is just a different guy now going forward, that's a major part of this because he almost has to be—he has to be a superstar to take things to the next level. I, mean,
3: I think you're dealing with a severe calf injury. He's had other injuries last year. I mean. It w- I, we don't understand what that does to the neck up of a quarterback. I think that affected him. He's, the, all He's talked about now is I'm healthier than ever. I know that's a trope, but it's like it seems to be true with his body. Like that adds confidence. And I mean, does he have the right parts around him? Lesser than last year, that's the right. issue.
4: And he might not need to be as good if the defense is as good as I, I think it could be. Like as good as Parsons was, I feel like he ha- he almost should get more pop for what he did. He was probably the most fascinating rookie since we've started this podcast so I was looking at like the football outsiders numbers he was also first in like success rate and yards per pass allowed in coverage on top of what he was doing in run defense on top of being like there literally hasn't ever been an NFL player with the profile to come into the league and do what he did uh as do you feel
2: rookie. we know Trayvon Diggs had a big breakout year last year but you know interceptions that could be there could be regression with that type of playmaking ability do you see enough pieces on defense other than, obviously, the very special second-year linebacker?
4: I like the the front seven in general, um, but you're right. D- Diggs was a guy they stopped throwing to. Uh, he was intercepting so many passes, and the rest of the secondary doesn't get you excited. But, man, they were playing well, and Quinn did it. Like I, I think the whole Randy Gregory thing ended up working out fine. They have a promising uh, second-round pick, Sam Williams you get a whole season maybe of Lawrence and uh Parsons together like i i think i think they could be really most good like ex- a top 5 defense most
2: explosive rookie season of the ATN era JJ Watt would Are be Are you ta- in you're talking
3: there. just defense Yeah just defense oh, Okay
2: okay i was going to say Odell is the guy to me but if we're just breaking down Justin defense Just Herbert Right well, I, 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 I Herbert was awesome but like Odell changed the temperature true, like but he but was if you're going just defense
4: JJ yeah, Watt has was like to be that JJ Watt would be the guy the uh, the only one but there's you have to go through. It's like he's not he's not Otani, Michael Parsons. But it's like that whole thing of where you're like, well, this is a guy who can play multiple multiple yeah. positions. Well, okay, tell me tell me who is the guy that actually did what Parsons has done at the NFL level? Because I was kind of thinking about it, and there really isn't someone that was a premier edge rusher, and also was playing in coverage a lot of the snaps and was good as an off ball linebacker, like. There, I literally can't think of someone who's had that profile and is that good at doing both.
2: And Watt, who's a first ballot Hall of Famer, didn't become godlike until year two.
4: But he did win rookie. Yeah, he did win rookie of the year, and he seemed special. But you're right; he wasn't. He wasn't as godlike.
2: He I had five and a so. half sacks as a rookie. Um, but it obviously, was showing signs that he was a big time player, and then he went off for the next few years uh all right that was good good talk on the cowboys uh that's just the first of three episodes this week we are rolling we're back in the chris wessling podcast studio God ah, damn it feels good
3: it feels fresh it does feel like a, our last episode was riddled with technical issues right. from our home from various home states it's nice this is nicer feels
2: like a, a fresh a fresh adult diaper that's what it feels like to me I, I just have a lot just, of experience that with that. Sounds, but that I would enjoyable. Imagine just you know that would feel. You haven't great. had
3: a lot of. You've had some experience with it.
2: Moderate, you know, during the summer, you know, just. But now we're out of the fresh adult. Type Greg of and I need
3: to know more about that off air. I'm just like
4: looking. I have a front row seat to you guys, and I, I think you're closer than normal. You know, you're just your blue eyes are just like <laughs> locked into each other. You're just staring into the abyss. I mean, when Dan brings and up I think you guys just missed each other in person and it's just like I can feel that uh what a moment. chemistry. Wow. Well, Greg, I'm, we missed you too. I'm like I'm like looking down while I speak. <laughs> no, we trying, missed you too, to but Dan brought contact. up the topic of adult diapers and it now, takes just, things to another I'm just level. Saying I'm picking up the vibe and I'm I'm digging it.
2: I, and to be clear, I've never worn an adult diaper, but I'm saying if I were to get into that realm, yes, it would probably feel great. The That's, fresh one.
3: Yeah, That's probably like, on your horizon. Right,
4: yeah. <laughs> Dan giving an early preview to, like, around the NFL, year 33. We're back. The Depends era. We're back, and the ad rates are still solid. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right, that's it. Uh, until Wednesday, you know what you need to do. Do I have to tell you? Because I will. Chris Wessling said it. You better heed the call.